Hello, and welcome to Out on Her Fanny. A podcast about the nanny. I'm Ben? I'm Mandy. Okay, well, I'm glad... Are you making fun of me because I forgot what the second half of our title was? Well, I wasn't going to, but you've you've addressed it now. Yes. So now it's lampshaded. This is the we second... We have done this in a bit. It's, yeah, it's I want to say... It's been a minute. Month? Yeah. Since we last recorded? Yeah. But we're back and we just watched, uh, We I guess we watched The Nanny on this show. I don't know. I, I, it's been a while. Yes, because it is a podcast about, about the, the nanny. nanny. Yes, that's what it's called. I'm glad one of us can remember that, and it's not necessarily you. Yes. So what have you what have you done in your time in the past month that oh. hasn't felt like a month for the people uh, listening? Oh, I've done so much, so much. I have been uh, I've been editing other podcasts. Um, I've been rewriting my resume. Fun fact: you already knew about that. I have been weeping openly just sobbing yeah into the wind have we have we even done an episode since i like the car accident it's been mostly just car anxiety let's talk about the car the car do you want to talk about what happened with the car i mean there's not a lot it was just i was rear under my way home and now i have anxiety every other time that i have to go home i've rear-ended someone else i rear-ended someone else about a year ago not a year ago sorry about three four years ago and it wasn't a terrible rear-ending it was just they stopped short i hit the brakes and i just tapped them but i had like stress dreams about it for months i would just wake up imagining this car like my i don't car. have stress dreams about it it's literally while i'm while i'm driving i'm having to like i mean having the stress every time that traffic is happening uh which it does every single day on my way home you know one way to guarantee that no one is going to rear-end you is to get out and push no, that just means that there's, when they rear-end me, I'm going to die. No, because they'll swerve to avoid hitting you, because that's they man- won't. vehicular manslaughter. They haven't done it before. That's because I mean, there hasn't been a person if I die, If I die in the car, that's still vehicular manslaughter, Benjamin. Yeah, but you're more likely to die on the outside, and they're less likely to want to go to jail for the rest of their life. No. You're bad at this. Let's change to let's, the yeah, let's, let's, ch- let's change to the theme of the episode. Ho ho ho! Merry Christmas, yeah, Mandy. Yeah, it's Christmas time. It, we're, we're, it's a Christmas episode of the nanny, aptly titled Christmas episode, which I think is a is either very lazy or is actually a very smart pun or play on words. What do you think the play on words is? Uh, Christmas episode. It is an it is Fran having an episode at Christmas. But it's not like she had an episode. Like, what kind of episode? The episode—it's—it's—it's. I—I it's, it's, here's the thing: she doesn't have an episode. But I think the writers might have been thinking that episode as in a an ordeal that she has to deal with, which is writing bad checks. I don't. I don't think that that's what it was. But I'll let you give them the credit. I think they thought they were being smart. What? What is this podcast other than overanalyzing something that really did not have that much thought put into it? That sounds like us. So if you're watching on the DVDs, this is season one, episode eight. And if you're watching on, let me let me. Pull if you're watching up. on HBO Max, it is Happy Ending, season two, episode fourteen. Well, it's a different who- show. HBO Max is like, hey, watch Those Who Wish Me Dead instead of finding out what episode of The Nanny this is supposed to be. It is also episode eight. All of that work. It's a daily double. Also episode eight. Daily double. We got a a lineup. We got a DVD and an HBO Max lineup. It doesn't happen often, but when it does, etc, etc. Should we talk about the episode? 
Yes, let's do that. We get right in with uh, the Christmas things. They're all decorating the home, or Niles is decorating, because that's what he is there for. It Christmas. Chrysler, Merry Chrysler. There's a little bit of a chat before where the Fran takes the kids out to ice skate and Niles is decorating. They have a little, a little bit. It's basically just uh, starts off with the decorating. They have the opening credits. It's more decorating. It's not really one of those where it's like a separate bit. It's just kind of continuing. Um, before it is just Niles decorating and he's talking about how he isn't a fan of Christmas because he's the only one to do it. Um, he has to tidy up afterwards. Yes. Niles, you old Scrooge. Get into the Christmas spirit. Spoken by one who doesn't have to clean it all up. The novelty for Fran in this episode is that this is her very first Christmas. Because she comes from a Jewish household, she hasn't done Christmas. She's been inundated with Christmas because of the culture, capital T, capital C. Mm -hmm. But she hasn't had Christmas. Yeah. So, so all the, the all the kids are uh, working on trimming the tree, and we find out that Max uh, Max wait, has a wait wait wait. Is that what that is? Is the act of decorating the tree trimming it? That's what I thought it is. Is it? I th I mean they. I they, thought it was adding trim to the tree. That's what that is. That's what I thought. I thought might... you literally had to like trim it because I've never had a real tree, so I thought uh, maybe it keeps growing. I so mean, you have to. It may not be. We I, like. No, we I'm pretty might just sure. Always just be using it. Let me see. I'm pretty trimming sure Brighton referred to Maxwell as being very particular about the tree trimming. Lights first, ornament second, and tinsel is always last. Father's very anal about his tree trimming. <laughs> okay, so I get two things because I do get t I get a link from Home Depot saying how to how to trim a tree when you're when you're cutting it the fuck down, mm -hmm. but also saying that it's anything used implemented to decorate or complete the trimmings of a Christmas tree. Baffling. What so that's how I've always used it. Okay, well, I'd, I'd never, that's not a term that I'd come across before, so I'm fascinated by that. Yeah. But they dec they're decorating yes. the tree. Maxwell is very particular. It has to be lights, ornaments, tinsel. Yeah, and this is also, we find out that the reason why they're doing this now, I mean, they haven't said when it is. We know that it's like a few days before Christmas. And part of this is Maxwell will not actually be home for Christmas itself. And he never is because he's a ghost. <laughs> Because it's also a Halloween I mean, episode. No, but also if you were a ghost, wouldn't that mean he would be home for Christmas? Because ghosts can't leave. No, ghosts home? ghosts have to haunt. He has to haunt someone else for Christmas. They do a they do, <laughs> they do a seasonal exchange, and some other ghost comes in, and that's why the kids don't Life like it. Wife swap ghost Christmas. Yes, ghost swap. It's yeah. I mean, I watch that shit. You tell me you wouldn't watch a show where two ghosts have to swap the abodes they're haunting. You don't even believe in ghosts. No, I don't. I think I find the entire concept of ghosts to be largely preposterous, but I do find the premise of ghosts deeply hilarious. And when you try to apply pre-existing real-world frameworks onto ghosts, such as, and this takes it one level further in terms of absurdity, the framework of reality television, ghosts are, are hilarious. Imagine 90 Day Fiancé, but the fiancé is a ghost. <laughs> That's basically the plot of Beetlejuice. Yeah. 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 You're not. You're not wrong about that. <laughs> Beetle Beetlejuice is just not a fiance underworld. Yeah. Fran is one talking again about how this is her Christmas and she's used to uh, Christmas being just flying to Florida, which 
They do have Christmas in Florida. I, I, but I also spent, as someone who spent most of my Christmases in a Waffle House, I don't know. That might be. I'm sorry. I think I just short-circuited there for a second. <laughs> you spent most, most. Not most. Most of the post-divorce Christmases. Um, in a Waffle House. Yes, because my mom would get us Christmas Eve and Christmas morning, and then noon, my dad Waffle would Waffle House would have you. Yeah. That's when you And then shit. he would get things, but he wasn't like very good at Christmas. He would just kind of be like, here's stuff, none of it's wrapped, and then a couple hours later, we're like, let's go to Waffle House. Wow, that's absolutely astounding. And maybe see a movie, because Waffle House lives near a movie theater. Oh, wow. That's something I don't. Christmas Day movie going is something that I'm aware of is much more of a tradition here than it is in the UK because everything's closed. Everything's in closed. In the Everything, we, were, we, we were in. Uh, we were in Christmas. We were in Christmas. We, we climbed in, inside the holiday and it took us to London. We were in England for Christmas and it was kind of a bad idea because it just <laughs> meant that for many days of our trip. Everything was closed. It didn't help that half the days where things were open again, I had contracted some kind of spectacular stomach illness and everything I'd ever eaten was coming out of my anal hole in yeah. liquid form, no, whether I, I wanted to, it to or not. I had to share a bed with you. It wasn't, it wasn't fun. I, I, I had to fly back to LA in that state. Yeah, we I, thought, that I thought you were dead. You stuck a cork in it, basically, and that's the only way I got I through that I didn't stick flight. a cork in it. I stole a bunch of your sister's pads, and I made it work. You made it worse. <laughs> no, it worked. Um, let's not talk about my butt on the podcast. <laughs> you, let's talk- you brought it up. Anyway, so Christmas. <laughs> Christmas. They're decorating a tree. Uh, the kids are excited because, although they don't believe in Santa, they do know about... Which Fran like, tries to spend a bunch of time trying to get like Gracie and be like, yeah. ooh, Santa! And Gracie's like, no. Isn't that cute? She still believes in Santa. Honey, I believe in anyone that delivers. <laughs> so the kids don't believe in Santa, but they do believe in Maxwell's personal shopper, who is the person who buys them their Christmas presents every year. Yeah, because apparently she does a good job and Maxwell doesn't do shit, which Fran is horrified to learn because she's always, she's always like surprised to hear that Maxwell is an inattentive father, even though she is being paid as the nanny and knows full well from every other episode that he is an inattentive father. Yeah, she has a job because he's a bad parent. Yeah, and yet she is surprised. But Niles does say, uh, yeah, he's inattentive to his children, but he does pay attention to giving uh, the people who work for him and take care of his children for him very good Christmas bonuses. Fortunately, Mr. Sheffield is very generous. Well, if he thinks that writing a check is going to make up for his not being here. Four figures, Miss Fine. Oh, well, glory to the newborn king. (laughs) So that does make Fran quite happy. So happy because she'd been planning on buying Christmas gifts for the children, but she couldn't afford to get anything. So what she does is she writes some bad checks, knowing that Christmas is coming, knowing that it'll take a while for the checks to clear. And then when she gets her bonus check, she can deposit it into her checking account before the checks clear and everything will be well. Yeah, which is never a thing. Like, I remember my parents doing that, and I never understood what it meant until I was an adult, and then realized, oh, hey, we were poor. But the thing that we do use that for is you use it a lot with PayPal. I do use it with PayPal the day before my paycheck comes in to buy food on Grubhub, because I know it takes 24 hours to clear. (laughs) 
I've done that. I'm not going to pretend I haven't done that. Yeah. If you want to avoid that from happening, by the way, you're always welcome to PayPal me money, gentle listener. Uh, we'll use it to buy dinner the day before you send us the money. <laughs> uh, so she buys these gifts. She buys, uh, she buys Maggie a very nice sweater. And then we don't see what she gets the other two kids. No. Because the prop department ran out of money, I assume. She gets all this stuff, and then she goes to interrogate Maxwell, who is always in his office, and Cece is also there. And this is also, we get a good Cece Fran smooch. Maxwell, look what I'm standing under. Isn't that mistletoe? Not sure. Looks rather like holly. It's mistletoe. <laughs> And I do believe tradition calls for a kiss. All right. <laughs> oh yeah, there's uh, mistletoe. There's mistletoe. So if you're a shipper out there, that's you got you got that smooch. Get here that it is. gift. There's if you're waiting for that gift, here's where you make that gift. Make that AMV, and this is the only video <laughs> clip that you use. You just have it on loop while uh, I'm is... a believer by Smash Mouth plays in the background. No, they need a better. What's their song? What's their song that just plays while well, you just have various speeds of that smooch? I'm a Believer by Smashed Mouth. You're a monster. Pick a better song then. Don't ask me to pick a song. I've you forgotten, pick a song. I've forgotten every song that exists. Except for... You're a monster. No, that's not what the song's You're called. You're a monster. It's called I'm a Believer by Smash Mouth from the hit motion picture Shrek. Fran barges in on Cece and Maxwell, who are talking about uh, reiterating that Maxwell won't be there for Christmas because they are going to some charity thing, mm. uh, which Cece doesn't know what it is either, so it's fine that I don't oh, know what it is. But they just know it's for for the poor. They're showing up for poor. They don't... It doesn't sound like they're actually like donating money or doing anything, but they are just being there... Dot, dot, dot. Good for poor people. For the pause. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Fran's in there to give Maxwell the business, by which I mean they fuck on his table. That's um, not yet. That's like season five-ish. No, okay, fine. They fuck in his armchair. But then after that, in the afterglow, Fran raises concerns about the premise of the personal shopper. Because shouldn't buying Christmas gifts be a personal thing? Shouldn't a gift come... From the heart, question mark, question mark? It, Cece does make the great point of, hey, you got time, why don't you do it? Which would have solved a lot of, uh, would have solved this entire episode. That would have been it. That would have been, uh, <laughs> that would have been Maxwell being like, you know what? She's right. Here's my credit card. Have that. You buy, you buy them Cravat. some, you're like, yeah, I get, I know what your paycheck is. You get them something on mine because technically whatever you get them, I'm paying for it anyway. So get the gift from you as well. And also while we're here, here's your bonus check. Roll credits. <laughs> yeah. We're done. We're over and done. Cece solved it. <laughs> Cece did a good thing again. Cece did a good thing. But no, that isn't no. what happened. Instead of doing the logical thing, the sitcom does the thing that leads to the hilarious misunderstanding. Sitcom shenanigans strike again. Fran does, uh, has a whole spiel about whatever you get them, they're going to love. It's the fact that it came from you. I would much prefer to have a gift that was handpicked by someone directly rather than, I don't know, 
a check or something. Trust me, whatever you pick out, they will love and cherish forever. Just make sure it's returnable. <laughs> this is the thing. I hate when people do this to me. I mean, granted, this is like kind of a different thing. But when you're talking about a gift for somebody else and they take that as like a gift for you, specifically if my mom would always do this, uh, she's looking to buy something and she's like, oh, do you think your cousin or this other random person that I've just made up would like this? And I'd be like, yeah, sure. And then she would buy it and be surprised. It's for you. And but. I don't want this. The other person might have wanted it. I'm not them. And now I have a thing that I have to be happy about. My cousin, Simon, loved, loved, I haven't seen him in 20 years, loved soccer, which we call Kickington. And you've got a mouth on a water, so you can't love it. I nearly did an actual spit take. <laughs> He loves, he loved, he loved Kickington. So if you nearly did it again, it's because I'm saying it casually. You can't do it. You can't. Have to take another sip. Take a sip, babes. Kickington. <laughs> I'm gonna die. I wish this was a video podcast now. This would be so good. Um, my cousin Simon loved Kickington. And you don't even, how did you nearly do a spit take? You're not even drinking water. I still have spit. <laughs> Focus on the take. So he liked Kickington. I'm not a big Kickington person. But if someone were to say to me, do you think your cousin Simon would like this Kickington jersey? I would say probably. What does a Kickington jersey look like? It's, it's a football. It's a soccer kit. It's a Kickington jersey. No, but I want it to be special. Like, I want it to have a um, foot on it. It has somewhere. wings. <laughs> And it has one of those, it's like those t-shirts that are like Wi-Fi enabled that react to the music you're listening to. It's got a baseball cap that says, uh, fish love me, women fear me. And... So what you're saying is someone asked you if your cousin Simon would like a Kickington jersey. I can't even say it. And you would say yes, and then they would give it to give you. And you'd be like, jersey. hell yeah, sweet. It lights up and got wings. Hell yeah. I would say I have never in my entire life expressed an interest in the sport of Kickington. Why? But this jersey is fucking lights and shit. Why in the name of Satan's jockstrap have you bought me a Kickington jersey? And they said, well, you said your cousin Simon would like it. I am not Simon. I've never been Simon. I'm not going to be Simon. It's never going to happen. I owned a Super Nintendo. Simon had a Sega Mega Drive. We are fundamentally incompatible. But the point is, she makes a big point of you should get something from the heart. And that lodges in Maxwell's walnut brain and stays there. Because <laughs> Maxwell's been a cat this entire time. This entire time. time. His walnut brain cut to exterior assembling a bicycle day because he's bought gifts for all the children. It wasn't exterior. They're, they're inside the same set that they're always in. It's it, very much inside. It's, it's exterior the concept of building a bicycle. You can't be inside the concept of building a bicycle. That's fucking ridic yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, so Fran uh, comes back from her shopping trip. Having written her rubber checks. Yes. To find Maxwell building a bicycle with Niles and on help. Um, Niles is just holding the instructions. Yeah, Maxwell has gone like full ham on this. Like, not only will I uh, like hand pick out the presents, which 
a bike for a child. Assuming that uh, it's bold, you gotta admit. (laughs) It's like that's pretty like just the safest gift. Also, I would assume Brighton already has a bike. I wouldn't make that assumption. We haven't seen a bike. This is not necessarily a bright kid. Don't let the name fool you. I mean, you don't have to be bright to have a bicycle. No, but... I knew a lot of dumb fucking kids with bicycles. So did I. Rest in peace, Adam. Do you do you know how to ride a bicycle? I know how to ride a bicycle. Then why are you saying that, like, oh, it's only the... Like, the kind of the... The, Wait. the insulting people... Wait, are you saying I'm stupid? <laughs> no, I'm saying that the kind of, like, the weirdness of, like, levels of who has a bicycle or something of, like... Oh, is it something where you can't have a bicycle? I, I, I think the fact that Maxwell bought the bike means Brighton does not have a bike. Which, again, you have to remember, inattentive, bad parent. Yeah. Yeah. So he buys a bike. He's going to assemble the bike. Uh, spoiler alert, he does not assemble the bike. Oh, what is this? It's a bicycle kit. Bicycle kit? <laughs> yeah, well, half the fun of owning a bicycle is building it yourself. Um, but he gives Maxwell... Uh, no, he doesn't. That's Maxwell. <laughs> He gives himself he gives a himself, nice pat on the back. He gives himself a warm cup of cocoa and says, good job, Maxie baby. No, he gives Niles a check. Oh, well, we do, because we do the Christmas, like... Christmas. Yeah. We it, do the we, gift exchange. Yeah. Um, which it's it Christmas is, Eve. Yes, because uh, Maxwell will not be there on Christmas. So they're going to have their Christmas morning on Christmas Eve, which... Is still fine. Yeah, that's fine. I feel like if anything, I mean, maybe Gracie's a little too precocious. Like, she's right around the age where they might have been able to lie to her about the date and just really made the whole thing easier. Because yeah. they had a bit where Gracie is still sad because Maxwell wants, would not be there. Wants to there yeah. But Maxwell shows the presents the bicycle making kit for Brighton, which he is not very enthused about. Uh, we don't see what he got Maggie, or not that, I don't remember if he got Maggie anything. Uh, he got Gracie a blow-up Edver Munch the Scream, like, blow-up thing. Yeah, an inflatable which screamer. then uh, Gracie finds out that Maxwell is still not staying uh, for Christmas, and then she immediately punched the thing. So it really kind of seems like... No, Maxwell, you probably should have let the personal shopper pick out gifts. Yeah, clearly you've, you've made something of a mistake yeah. here. Uh, Maggie has made Fran a gift, and it is a delightful moment of not knowing what it is, and so, like, trying to sound the surprise things while waiting to find out what this uh, mix of felt that's glued together is supposed to be. And it is a pajama holder. Because Maggie is too rich to have any sense. We discover that Fran sleeps in the nude, and we discover this because apparently Niles is a peeping fucking Tom. Because you don't wear any pajamas. <laughs> you have polished your last keyhole, mister. <laughs> Niles is a sex pest. <laughs> Niles is on a register somewhere. Niles may have had to flee from the UK because of illegal things. Yeah. I mean, we found out, like, in a previous episode in the, the with the whole, like, the butler mm. committee thing, we found out that his dad had done, like, some bad stuff with previous things, and it kind of just seems like it's like a family history of, like, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe sketch. Maybe Niall's family sketch. 
Nas family is is pretty sketch, as it would seem. But then Maxwell gives Niles his Christmas bonus, four figures, uh, very nice. Yeah, Fran takes a little peek at it, does a gasp. We we see that it's a, like a good amount, which does make you wonder because it is a, like a regular thing that they do. The the part in me that is like bosses are scum is like you could just be giving them that money all the time. You ain't got to do it like that. You could just pay them regularly. A bit Just, better. Yeah, maybe, and maybe pay them Fran a fair wage. Maybe Fran wouldn't have to have rubber checks. Yeah, maybe pay Fran good money. This all kind of has to rely on the lie that they're all getting paid very, very handsomely. And the only thing in defense for this of like why Fran would still be broke but also getting paid very well is... All of her clothes are designer, so the, she might yeah. just immediately be blowing all of it, but it is a very, like, extravagant, good paycheck. Oh, also, she maybe she has maybe she has debts we don't know about. Think about her monthly outgoings. You've got Netflix, you've got Hulu, you've got HBO Max, you've got Peacock, you've got is Paramount it? Plus, you've got Funimation, by, by, you've got Verve. By, by which you mean she's just been getting a lot of shit from Blockbuster and has not returned any of it. She does not. She is swimming in Blockbuster debt. She could open her own Blockbuster. She's the reason the company went out of business because <laughs> she was just just going to Blockbuster stores. She got stores, every movie. Renting all of their tapes and refusing to return them. So that firstly, that's debt. That's late fees that they're not getting. That means they can't pay their bills. They can't pay their rent. They can't keep the lights on. What happens? Blockbuster goes out of business. Netflix becomes a streaming giant. Now that happened before Blockbuster went out of business, but I would still suggest that maybe Fran had more... Canonically, Fran Fine had more to do with the downfall of Blockbuster Video. Fran Fine, a fictional character, had more to do with the downfall of Blockbuster Video, a real business that exists in meat space, outside of the television. Fran Fine is responsible. Not Fran Drescher. Fran Drescher is innocent. Fran Drescher has never done anything wrong in her entire life. God, I hope that's not uh, a terrible lie. Fran Drescher, please don't get cancelled. Please, please. please. Fran Drescher, please don't have said or have done anything deeply upsetting. Because then I will take it personally. I will take it as, as a deliberate attempt to undermine my theory that a fictional character from a 90s sitcom is responsible for the collapse of an entertainment empire. <laughs> Fran is now like all perked up waiting to get her check and instead Maxwell the person who was shown from giving the gifts to his children who he has known for years got them eh gifts presents Fran not with a check but a box now unless it's a check that's been written on the side of a cube probably not a check yeah um inside the box is a small a small vase or vase, depending on... A vase. I think Face or vase? Like, the implication is that it's expensive enough to be a vase. I don't know the difference between a vase and a vase, <laughs> other it's than it's a pronunciation. vase. It's It's expensive. Both are acceptable pronunciations. It's kind of the gif versus jif of the home decor realm. Yeah. People now, will fight and granted, die on that Granted, it hill. is... Uh, for, uh, the, the prop itself is not a vase, it's a vase. It, for shit, 
is a plastic vase that someone put some silver paint on. It is a vase. It is a vase. I don't even know if you would call it a vase because I'm pretty sure it's plastic again. But in the, the in the narrative of this sitcom, it is a vase. Even if the show had been shot on film and could be released in high definition, it would not be because then you would be able to see just how 98 cent store this vase actually is. Oh, speaking of that, I was, uh, so this is a complete tangent, but I had watched this episode previously on Cozy TV and the entire time, like every like minute or so, a very high pitched like ringing noise would just kind of like cut through the audio kind of deal yes um but like to the point ben can't hear it, but i can hear it and i'm very like very sensitive to it so just like every like minute just like wincing i've um, aged out of whatever frequency <laughs> this thing is hitting i could not hear um, it and i figured that it was just a cozy tv thing no it's also on the shout factory dvd i want to check hbo max to see whether or not it's also there but i think that it's probably just like something with the audio that was recorded but there is a high-pitched noise. It could also be one of those things where whoever mixed it could not hear that buzz. Yeah. Because it's so high. I can't, I'm, th- I'm a 35-year-old human person. I cannot hear it. You are a smaller, younger, human-shaped person. Yeah. I am, indeterminate I'm, age. I'm 28. I am also autistic, and that tends to be something of certain noises. Yeah. Tend to set us off. Anyway. Fran fucked. She fucked up. Because she's written all these checks that she knows are going to bounce and she's not got a Christmas bonus. Yeah, she's crying denials. Uh, she has a thing of like, oh, if I ever buy anything again, uh, you know, bought me in the back of my head, which becomes a delightful running gag for the rest of the episode. Starting with their watching It's a Wonderful Life. Grace doesn't want want to watch it. Turn on QVC. They're selling It's a Wonderful Life. Although for nine ninety five, it is a classic. I don't even know. Nineteen ninety two is like nine ninety five even a, even a good deal. Nine ninety five is not a bad deal considering that it was not even a decade earlier that when a movie came out on VHS it was like sixty seventy dollars. Okay. That's not a bad deal. Yeah. Nine ninety five. I mean now you can find it in the Walmart bargain bin for six bucks. Yeah. So Fran had got. Maggie a sweater and Maggie immediately comes down and she is like modeling the new sweater and Fran is like trying to pull it off or like did you keep the tag on it you don't you don't want to keep this let's, let's just return it and Maggie's no go she won't let her return it so Fran has to go with Val to the pawn shop that's pawn p-a-w-n not pawn p-o-r-n say pawn pawn say porn pawn 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 Porn. Porn. Are you fucking with me? Are no, you intentionally I am not. Mixing? It's pasta all over again. Oh yeah. Pasta and pasta. Say porn. Porn. Pawn. Porn. Pawn. Porn. 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 Prawn. Prawn. Porn. Porn. The porn. Prawn. The prawn. Pawned is porn. I just watched a fuse blow in your head. Like it was a visible like. And now there's smoke coming out of your right ear. It's amazing. Uh, so they're at the they're at the pawn. The pawn shop. The pawn shop. Yeah. And Fran is going to pawn the vase. Or pawn um, the vase. Pawn the vase. She's fuck well, the vase. And that, that's also a thing of uh, so the the pawn shop guy is like, I don't want this. I don't want like, it. To to him, it's a vase. And Fran is trying to convince him that it is a vase. And Val is trying to convince him. She's desperate. 
And that, Val, is why you cannot find a partner for Brit. <laughs> Val is definitely the person you want with you at the negotiating table. Yeah. Val is probably the reason why the writer's strike ended in an a, a all-side draw uh, in 2008. <laughs> it's Val's fault. Yeah. We just want to end the strike. We'll take anything. Will you? Mm. But we so, do whatever amount that she gets. Like, uh, Frank, Elisa gets enough to cover the bounce checks. It is implied to be $200 based yes. on information provided later in the episode. And then, as Maxwell and Cece are preparing to fly off to glorious Florida... Maxwell says goodbye and has, like, a very, like, sweet moment with Fran of explaining, like, I saw the vase and I thought of you because it was very individual and I appreciate everything that you have done to this fa- for this family. You've done, done to this family? <laughs> you've done to. Done for this family. It's a very... Everything you've done at the family. It's a very sweet moment. It's one of those, like, here's one of the early implications of them as a relationship. Yeah. Because it's like him being... He picked being... out a gift from the heart. Yeah, he picked it from the heart. It is very sweet and sentimental. This is him kind of showing like, this is the things that you have changed. This is actively something that like, she has left an impression and changed something of him. So that like, he's entirely changed. Like he is going to buy presents and hand pick out presents for them. Yeah. Even though he's going to need to practice a bit at it. Yes. So she immediately feels guilty and tries to get the vase, vase, vase back. Doesn't have the $200 because obviously she's already put it in her checking account or whatever the fuck Mm -hmm. to pay for the gifts that she bought. So she ends up trading her grandmother's watch. That's your grandmother's watch. She gave that to you on her deathbed. Thank you, Val. You're making this a lot easier. (laughs) So it's not Yetta's watch. It is, I guess, her paternal grandmother. Whose name is... I don't know if it's ever been mentioned on the show. We got a chance to invent it right here, right now. Everything we say is canon on the nanny. It's canny. Burf. Burf. <laughs> Granny Burf. Granny Burf. Died and left. Man, I should have done Kickington. Kicking. <laughs> Granny Kickington. No, it could be Granny Burf Kickington. <laughs> Burf Kickington sounds like the name of the person who invented the sport of Kickington. <laughs> when... The sport of Kickington was invented in 1824 by Berth Kickington after accidentally dropping and subsequently kicking a round ball used to play soccer. The sport of Kickington was invented. <laughs> um, so the next bit is... Um, they go to uh, church. Yeah. Or, Take me to church. Right, yeah. And it's not just church. They're going to mass. I know my my little Catholic brain. I'm like, mm. oh, they're if not because it's also shown to be pretty late at night. I don't think that it's midnight mass because that's obviously at midnight. Yeah. And midnight happens later, but they're at like an evening mass. Yeah, friend, friend seems largely uh, impressed by the entire concept of of Catholicism. Uh, in this sequence, she really seems to be uh, quite taken. I mean, have you with ever have you ever been to like like a, like a Catholic mass? Oh yeah, I hate when it they, when they do like yeah, the Christmas it's bad. thing. I hate it forever. What what made you hate it? Uh, the tedium and the waiting. Yeah, there's a lot of waiting, but it's yeah. like I can wait ma- at home. They make it very 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 fancy. Yeah. Um, which I guess also makes sense for doing it yeah. like uh, like for a TV show because you need to like see the bits. Well, there's um, actually there's a there's a word for people who attend Catholic ceremonies at the holidays to yeah. be with friends and family who are not specifically you know they're Catholic, you're not, so so you're going with them. And there's a term to describe being so impressed with the the entirety of 
of Catholicism in that moment that you actually consider converting, and it's called the Mass Effect. I hate you. I thought you were going to do the thing of like, because there's like all of the people who go like just for Easter and just for Christmas. But anyway, those masses tend to be very nice. I know uh, this is, I'm putting my mom on blast here. She used to always say that the thing that she misses about Catholic mass is she missed when they used to do like the mass in Latin for special occasions. Mm. My mom doesn't speak Latin. She had no idea what they were saying, but it sounds fancy when they do it. And then you don't have to hear all the things, but no, it's maybe a little fucked up. If they're saying if they're saying a language you can't speak, it's like, oh, it's fancy. Yeah. Always, there's a tweet, it was a tweet or a Tumblr post from a couple of years ago that commented on what are churches and satanic cults always like default to Latin? What were satanic cults doing their chants in? prior to the development of latin as a language like were they just muttering to themselves in this kind of indiscernible gibberish until someone walks by with a latin dictionary and one of the satanist cultists goes oh that's the new shit that's the hot shit well do they want the do they want the hot shit or do they want the old shit because when they're doing latin now it's because you want the latin's the old shit so what was the old shit when latin was new i don't i don't hitting bones with other bones (laughs) which in fairness we still do now uh, Fran goes to the confessional, which it tend, that tends not to be open. But again, it's like it's it's sitcom Catholicism, so that means that there's always someone in there, uh, which was sitcom never lifism. was never a thing. I have only gone to confessional like, a couple times. The main reason is because I didn't know when they did it. It was just like there was the one time when like because it's like a big like it's a big to do when you yeah. do your first confession. And it's awful because you spend the entire time and I'm like, this is my first one. I have my entire life's worth of sins and I'm just trying to remember every bad thing that I have ever done (laughs) because if I miss it, I missed it. If I miss it, it's never forgiven and I'm going to super hell. And I also like, because in TV, they always have the rooms where it's like, they put you in a little box and then there's the priest in another box. Not here. We were in an open room and he was just staring at me. Oh, I can't do that. And then I can't do it while somebody's watching. Just watching me like quietly because then I would stop and then he would just keep staring. But uh, I started making shit up. And well, be like, maybe, maybe, maybe I was because either way, I'm lying, and I can get that in there. The, my favorite thing about making that shit up is you can then just do that shit, and you are, it's like being pre-approved for a credit card. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I got I got that forgiveness on loan. I, I've always been gently baffled by the concept of a conf- the confession booth, the confessional, the confessionatorium, because is that guy just like? always in there what if it's a quiet church day it's like well i guess i'm in the booth from like nine till two thirty, and then i can take my lunch i so mean my understanding is that it's no is that they have like a scheduled time and you've got to be there for that time at least that's how like when i've when i've been there it was like here is confession time do they have like a google calendar you can check the availability you can mark off a preferred can you pre-book i don't know, I don't know. i would like to pre-book my confessional yeah, you should. There should you be. Have, there is, should be like an app. Do you have uh, twelve forty-five available? It shouldn't take much more than five minutes. I just need a five-minute slot, so then you get ten minutes to yourself before the next person shows up. Yeah. So it should be pretty good, actually. Do I pay now or do I pay afterwards? Like, do you take a deposit? Do you, do you accept Venmo? Well, are you like because their Venmos are like hail marys? Or can sh- you can you Venmo the hail marys? I will say this: the comedy priest was so good. Like the the like. 
Friend goes in and says, Forgive me, father, for I have shopped. And his response is, Yeah, I don't know the penance for that. I suppose you could say 10 Hail Macy's. <laughs> yeah, that's he, like, such a good like, bit. goes back into the into the thing and it's like it's such a it's such a hard time now because like with all of the shit from the Catholic Church, you can't just have a fun priest anymore. That's not there's too much baggage for just a fun priest moment. But I also feel like I don't you don't see a lot of I, or at least I don't see a lot of fun priests generally. Like this is this is a rare example for me of a fun priest on television because when I, even when I think about other shows like When It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia had its had the episode where I think it was uh, it may have been all of them went to the confessional and it was William Morgan Shepherd playing the the, the late great William Morgan but Shepherd But again that's 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 after that's after yeah. we have bad bad priest shit. It's post 9/11 you're right. Um <laughs> can I keep that in? I think I have to keep I can keep that in the podcast I'm sure. Um I mean, I'm I'm talking about widespread child abuse, so it's not like it's not like we're having fun talk times. No, but I but I feel like there is still room. There's room, I think, for a fun priest. No, no. I'm gonna say no because again, I don't want priests to be fun because there's too much baggage. So it's like, nah. It's like it's like having a fun cop. You're right. That's you're what right. it is. Yeah, and be like, I don't want like it's. I mean, it wasn't fine for this because when this thing came out, they were still doing it, but it wasn't as what like was, known. It was. Well, it's not so much that it wasn't known. It was one of those things that people just constantly made jokes about. Because I remember hearing jokes about it when I was a kid yeah. at school in the nineties. Yeah. It was just one of those things where oh, it's just it is ex- it is known and accepted that this is what a Catholic priest will do with a young boy. Yeah. I wouldn't have heard it because I was an infant when this came out. You might have heard it, but you would but have it, but no was, way of understanding. But was, yeah, but it was later. It would have, you would have you would have heard Charlie Brown parent trumpet noises. Yeah. But anyway, so she's in there giving it the riz and then Maxwell shows up. Well, cuz uh Maxwell is at the airport with Cece yes. and he gets a call from just, Niles. Yeah, just from Niles like at the payphone, like the pay the payphone r- or is this, does he have a phone? I feel it like could it, have, it's it's a pay phone, but I feel like maybe Maxwell was paged, or maybe Maxwell called home. That part we are left to fill in that blank with our imaginations, and I look. I feel like to, in my because no, like I watched it, and you're gonna watch along, and you're gonna know. He's the just on the phone. You're suddenly on the phone, yeah. but I feel I felt like the pay phone rang, and Maxwell would be like, "I'm rich. This is for me." <laughs> It picks it up and it is for him. And it's Niles. Um, and then he talks and then he explains to Cece that uh, finding out that Fran had to pawn her grandmother's, grand- watch. her grandmother's watch to pay for the gifts that she got the yeah. kids. She's feeling guilty and like Cece is all okay, but that's not a problem. Our flight's leaving in 10 minutes. And Hashtag they- not my problem. And then they get an announcement that their flight has been delayed three hours. And because this is pre-9-11, as you Maxwell said, can just leave the he airport. can just leave and be like, oh, three hours is plenty of time for me to leave and come but, back. N- the 90s, when you could leave an airport early and priests were kind of cool. If you ignore the jokes people make about priests. <laughs> so Maxwell shows up at the confession booth and... He says, yeah, I heard what happened. I picked up Val. We went to the pawn shop. I bought back your grandmother's watch. It has, again, it's a very sweet thing of like, got you this as a gift. You've done like great stuff for his family for Christmas. We like um, the color of your jib. 
Yeah, and be like you shouldn't have There's to lose you, you shouldn't kid. you shouldn't have to lose your grandmother's watch. Yeah. And it's kind of like a like Fran was here to do a gift of the Magi kind of thing. And the Magi like, didn't show up. <laughs> <laughs> the Magi had, had no, to be like, elsewhere for it's Christmas. Like, uh it's like the girl who like sells her hair to buy the thing, and then the guy's like, Oh, I got you a comb. But also, I heard that you sold your hair, so I bought the hair and got you a wig. But it was the wrong wig. <laughs> because it's the wrong watch. It's the wrong watch. Um, and he's uh, uh, very sad about it and goes to sit down. And uh, you were a crunch and then a scream because he sat his butt down on a vase. Oh, yeah. He, 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 uh, he kept and crunched his crunchberries. <laughs> I will say this. Every time I w- I've seen this episode about two or three times now. Every time I watch it, I expect him to show up with the watch, an apology, and a fucking bonus check. And he never shows up with a check. So the fact that he gets a vase up the ass, Yeah, and that's also a thing. Or a vase up the ace. So we know that... uh, He can afford it. That Niall's got at least four figures on his check. We also know when Fran pawned the vase, she got 200. Yeah. There's some missing money. There's some missing money. There's some Maxwell's m- embezzling from Fran. <laughs> the, the 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 watch, the the vase. It's all just a way of moving money around to avoid having to pay that vase tax. <laughs> yeah, because he bought art. He bought bot. <laughs> and he's going to dec- and he declared that Fran was a museum and but oh <laughs> the Fran the Fran of fine art. Yeah, Fran fine art museum. And then he can write it off on his taxes. Boom. It's a charitable donation of fine art. Or fart, as they call it on the tax (laughs) form. So, cut to interior hospital. And the setup for this, because they have to fit... They have, like, all the kids, Niles and Fran, around Maxwell. Mm. He was lying on uh, the bed. Yeah. uh, Like, on his stomach. And they have to arrange everyone in the scene together. So, Maggie and Grace are off to the side. And they're just playing with tinsel. They're just, like... Putting, just like putting tinsel on their father's bare, broken ass. You would, wouldn't you? And, and Brighton is, because uh, again, they need the space to fit everyone in the scene. So he's just perched atop his father's bare, naked ass. Which Fran does point out is naked and also is full of holes and bleeding because he had glass. He, he had glass in his ass. And I'm like, I'm just gonna put, I'm just gonna put my child just, just squat a on glass top of that vase in the ass. That might be the episode title. <laughs> um, and then Santa shows up. They put him to bed. Because uh, CC beat the crap out of him. CC beat the crap out of a, I guess, like a, a Salvation Army Santa at the airport. If you ring that bell one more time, I'll ring your neck. <laughs> Remember when Santas were just at the airport? Reindeers are expensive to maintain. <laughs> Not cheap. But then the clock strikes midnight. It's all, um, everyone's all happy. Gracie's like, oh, I got my Christmas wish of uh, my dad, dad gets... being home or having it for Christmas. And then Maxwell says, I got my wish too because I wish for the same thing. You could have made that wish come true at any time, yeah. Maximus. <laughs> you could have, you could have, at any moment, you could have said, ah, to hell with those orphans or whatever the fuck. I'm staying home or whatever the fuck. And you waited until you had a glass vase of the ass to stay home. You had that, to be medically mandated. That sounds mandated like the My Fair Lady home. porn parody. <laughs> the glass in vase is mainly of the ass. And it's a it's a one of those glass dildos. It's a bong. 
it's, it's it's one of those dragon dicks that got stuck on the evergreen. And then so ever given the Santa that was wheeled in of beat up. Uh, Fran wants to invite him to like have Christmas with them. She like uh, pulls back the curtain. And he's gone. Ooh. As Jingle Bells play. Why Ooh. did we make this spooky Halloween Santa's again? Santa's a ghost. <laughs> yeah. Anyone else who disappears when you're not looking at them, it is a cause for, for alarm. Ghosts. Batman. The little string of your tampon. All bad. When they, if, they, if, if they disappear when you're not looking, disaster is about to strike. If it's Batman, the Joker is about to kill 60 people on a boat. If it's a ghost, your head going to fall off on a floor. Tampon self-explanatory. You don't mean, need me to you explain have to, that you have, to call, you have to wake up your mom at 2am to help you. <laughs> I've been there. Yeah, which is very inconvenient because she's in another state. There's other people. There's local people. <laughs> Wild. Um, anyway, that's the episode. Christmas. Jingle, jingle. There's a fun little bit where Maxwell's on his... Uh, still has shit up his ass, but he's in... They're in the living room. They have a fun Christmas joke. Then they directly address the, the audience. Incidentally, a happy <laughs> Christmas to all of you at home. It ruins the immersion. I can no longer think of this uh, as a self-contained... They're in, the, 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 the people in that house, Fran, everyone... They are aware of the audience at all times. And that makes it very difficult to watch their antics. Because they know we can see them. <laughs> and we do nothing. We are silent observers. We are watchers. We can see. But we cannot interact. When disaster strikes, we cannot help them. And they know this. That's harrowing. Who watches the watchers? Yeah. What do you think of this episode? I enjoy it's just fun. I don't generally like Christmas episodes unless it's got Doctor Who in it. It's Christmas. Don't you remember? Which is why I like every Doctor Who Christmas special and also one episode of the Ricky Gervais sitcom Extras. But uh, this was fun. There's some really solid goofs. Again, it, I think this is one of the episodes that is the most successful at pulling off that old school sitcom vibe. Yeah, I like that it, the joke before of a lot of this is kind of like misunderstandings, but I like that they're all, they're all character-based misunderstandings, yeah. and they're the sort of thing where Fran is encouraging Maxwell to do something that is what she thinks is an important thing, and he agrees, and it is a good thing, but that good thing causes some bad stuff, and that's where the hijinks ensue. Mm. So it's not like nobody's the jerk so long as you assume that Maxwell otherwise pays everyone well, and off-screen gave Fran the rest of her bonus. I'm sure I'm nodding my head in agreement. Um, but it's it's all very sweet. Like, it's, it's the sort of sitcom hijinks that are all character-driven. It's very Nick at Night. Which is appropriate because the show aired on Nick at Night as well. Yes. Um, and it's fun. It's just a fun, harmless Christmas episode. Uh, it's very Christmassy. It's very funny. Uh, we're watching it in... It's May. And the Christmas stuff just felt... Didn't feel intrusive. But it also felt kind of integral to the plot in a way that was very pleasant. And it's the sort of Christmas thing that it's not... It's not actually too much into the specifics of Christmas, it is all just kind of the gift-giving thing yeah. and just kind of the inner workings of that, which makes it... Deeply horny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's Christmas. <laughs> uh, 
Um, do we want to talk about the fashion? I do want to talk about fashion. Are we going to play the fashion song? Well, let's play the fashion song right now. Fashion, 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 fashion. It's a bop. Yeah, there's fashion. <laughs> so in the fashion segment in which we discuss fashion, and fashion is also present, you made some observations while we were watching. Oh, what- yes. Yeah, so... The delightful thing about this is that because it is a Christmas episode, all of the fashions are Christmas themed. There's a and lot of uh, a lot of reds and greens, some gold accents. Yes, Fran gets several Christmas seasonal looks: a lot of reds and deep greens. Her standard black opaque tights are now replaced with a uh, forest green tights, mm-hmm. so to keep even when she's not wearing like a super Christmassy look, like when she gets back from shopping. It still has a Christmas vibe. Yeah. But everyone has a bit of Christmas flair to them. Like, Maxwell tends to have a little, like, a tie that has, like, some red and green on it. Even when... I was trying to think, trying to see whether or not his vest was, like, a deep green or just a black that was, like, a little Mm. green-leaning. I Um, think it was kind of like a... I want to say olive, but I'm thinking of like... Yeah, I couldn't tell whether it was yeah. olive or if it was black, but a black that is just like slightly green. Hello, like, you are now every single 8th Doctor cosplayer from 1996 trying to figure out what the fuck colour his velvet jacket is from the TV <laughs> movie. Is it black? Is it green? We don't know. These shoes! They fit perfectly. Yes. It's also a great bit of finding out, like, I don't know if it was an intentional thing, but there's a lot of like characters who were not wearing Christmas things when they aren't like during the uh, decorating scene where they're all trimming the tree. Uh, the only characters who aren't wearing like very Christmassy things are Niles, who has already said that he's not into Christmas stuff because he has to clean everything up. He doesn't wear Christmas stuff until he gets his check. Yeah, then he's wearing a red. Uh, yeah. waistcoat yeah his, like the the his, christmas uh, eve morning when he gets it that's when he's wearing the stuff and th- the rest of it he's wearing christmas stuff because that is christmas for him yes and also during uh the tree trimming brighton isn't wearing brighton is wearing a like a denim shirt and corduroy pants that there's are, a like, little patterning on his suspenders but I they're noticed, not but not but they're, they're not christmas yeah as opposed to, because the thing that made me notice it was that uh, Maggie and Gracie are both wearing um, like these like very heavy velvet skirts mm. that are, I believe, Maggie's is red and Gracie's is like a green. Yeah. And so it was noticeable that Brighton was not in the Christmas ones. But Brighton is the one who is excited about the fact that the personal shopper is going to shop for them and not yes. like Gracie's mostly just upset about like the fact that her dad's not going to be there. Maggie is like busy decorating the tree. Like they're in like the Christmas spirit. Brighton yeah. is in the getting gift spirit. And similarly to Niles, he's wearing Christmas things when he's getting gifts. It's all about greed. Yes. Cece is, when we first see her, when she gets the smooch, I don't know whether it was intentionally because it's a very, like, brown, but it's a slightly, like, reddish suit that she was wearing. And then later she's wearing a uh, black, like, all black, but then she just kind of has, like, the red scarf on of just, like, a pop of Christmas. It's kind of easily taken off because she's just kind of doing it for, she's going to do this thing. It's for show. Yeah, it's for show. Yeah. But it was something, I don't know whether it was an intentional thing, but... It was kind of interesting of seeing not only what those Christmas fashions would be, because it was like 
I'm sure it was very interesting to find like, here's all the red and green plaids in velvets we can find. Yeah. But on top of that, of like when people are wearing the, the Christmas stuff was something that I noticed because it was what I wrote many essays about in high school and college. But it seems like they, they very much went all out in yeah. getting like Christmas outfits. Yeah. And it was kind of fun to see particularly Fran doing like she's wearing like a red and green jacquard. She has like a big red coat. There's all of like this, the Christmas stuff. And she's seen it's part of the things that sell that she's very excited to do this Christmas thing for the first time mm. because she hasn't got to do it. It's because she is entirely themed. Yeah. More so than literally anyone else. All the people who actually celebrate Christmas. She has bought an outfit she's going to literally wear once. Yes. Which is just how, how you should buy outfits. Yeah. While you're looking at that book, what's the next episode? It's a great question. Uh, the next episode uh, is season one, episode nine, Personal Business, Brock Storm. A soap star Max is trying to smooze into appearing in one of his shows, demands a date with Fran as part of the deal. Don't know why I've gone slightly Australian for this. You didn't go slightly Australian. You've gone very Australian. I wouldn't describe this as very Australian. I would describe it as bad Australian. What is, so what is very Australian? Very Australian is strength. Rock storm. A soap star Max is trying to smooze into appearing in one of his shows. Demands a date with Fran as part of the deal, Bonza. Okay, that's frightening. It's bad. Where can people find your frightening mess? Well, you can find me on the media's social as at Ben Padden. I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Mandy, where can people find you? I am on those same things, but I am at Mandy Quesadilla, which recently I was at a wee place and I found out people don't know how to spell quesadilla. I pick quesadilla because it's easier to spell than my actual name, Okendo, but apparently not that much easier. Shocking. Where can people find us on the social media? You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as Out on Her Fanny. And our website is oofcast.com. That's O-O-H-F-C-A-S-T dot com. As well as whatever podcast service you are currently listening to this on, we're on a bunch of others. So if you're like, hey, I don't like this one. <laughs> you pick just, another one. Yeah, just pick a different one. But before you go, maybe review us yeah, on it. Do please leave a positive review for the show if you are enjoying it. I'm sorry. If- I'm sorry if you hate the whatever podcasting platform <laughs> this is on, but that's not. Yeah, why I would you? Do, I didn't do that one. Why would you still use the app? If you, oh, I can't. I can't bloody stand Podkicker. I need to download a new app, but I'm not going to do it until one of the podcasts I listen to explicitly recommend it. I like Google Podcasts, but I think I might be the only oh, I, person on the planet who does. I hate... Yeah. I mean, I'm in that situation. I Because I hate Google Podcasts. Still using Google Podcasts, though. I like Google Podcasts. Um, if you do like the show, please leave a positive review on whatever podcasting platform allows you to leave reviews. Please feel free to tweet about us, talk about us on social media, share us with your friends. Uh, little itty-bitty baby podcasts like ours live and die by word of mouth, so we would greatly appreciate yours. So I also decided recently that we had to do an impromptu photo shoot. So we did that yesterday and now I've been posting that. So if you follow us on social, you can see our faces. And of course, a huge thank you to the Grand Geek Gathering for uh, giving our podcast a place to be on the internet. Uh, You can check out other Grand Geek Gathering podcasts at thegrandgeekgathering.com. And they also got a YouTube. 
They do have a YouTube. You can find that at thegrandgeekgathering.com. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Out on Her Fanny. A podcast about the nanny. I've been Ben. I've been Mandy. And yes, we We do do know know it means means vagina. vagina. Grand Geek Gathering